This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Welcome to the Podcast Maneuver, the officially unofficial podcast for Star Trek Picard on Paramount+. Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking Season 3, Episode 7, Dominion. Uh, Aaron, how did this episode hit you? Uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Nice. I thought it was uh, cool. I liked finally getting kind of to the point of where the Changeling plot is. I thought Amanda Plummer did some good work as Vedic. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't know where they're going. I mean, there's so many questions. Like, I don't know where they're going with this red vines baloney with uh, Jack Crusher. Yeah, what is the secret of Jack Crusher? Yeah. Super curious. Um, I continue to think uh, Brent Spiner's crushing the battle for the positronic body between Lore and Data. I think he said like there's a couple of really quick transitions where he goes from Data, like you know talking to Picard like Data does to like lore rest and control to just fucking roast Picard. And I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm digging it. Um, I also like the fact that like, it's, it's so weird because this feels like it's coming out of left field for this Star Trek, but like Starfleet officers weighing the morality of something. Oh yeah. With Picard you know? really being like, like, hmm. Wow. Okay. In the, in the era of evil federation, we're st- uh, good. We still haven't completely just lost all of our principles and our high-minded ideals and stuff. So, like, I feel like it was a little bit of a turn towards classic Trek. It's too bad that now that the, all the bridge crews together, they're suffering the classic Star Trek: The Next Generation problem of you can't feature them all in the same episode. Like, you know, we got sure, a lot sure. more data and a lot more Geordi in this episode, which means Worf has to take a back seat. Mm-hmm. Um, Riker has to take a back seat, but you know, like I said, that's been a long, it's, it's hard to keep an ensemble cast like this, especially when you got twice as many people on the Titan and all Jordy's kids and that stuff running around. But I, I thought it was a really, really fun and entertaining episode hung together pretty well. What about you? Uh, yeah, I liked it quite a bit. I, I I'm, I'm noticing this pattern of, uh, the thing they're doing here that is like, half working for me and half like getting in the way which at the end of the episodes when they want to bring you to the big emotional climax they're like intercutting scenes where action is happening simultaneously and it's almost working because all of them are kind of coming together as a theme right um and you've got characters talking about how much they care about each other and other characters talking about their ideals and things like that and they all kind of reinforce each other thematically but man, there are some scenes in here that I really just want to see play out. I want to see Jordy pleading with Data without interruption because it's so good. Because LeVar Burton is crushing it and Brent Spiner is crushing it. And I just want to sit in that moment with them for a second. The episode isn't letting me. And it's in service of this bigger thing that they're doing, which is mostly working. So I'm like torn on on that strategy. 
uh, that, that particular piece of filmmaking there. And they've done yeah. this several times throughout the series. It's, it's kind of becoming a, a hallmark of the show for me. Yeah, it's funny. Um, behind the scenes, we ran out of screeners after the end of six, uh, the sixth episode, and we were kind of worried for a time that we wouldn't get additional screeners because sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes we piss people off. Uh, I think some of my commentary on Picard is not super measured this season. Uh, sometimes they just don't provide like, you know, they give you the first five or six to get an opinion and then the rest they kind of keep for surprise and want it to, to leak out spoiler. Uh, but in the last out, we did get some this week, but I've spent the last couple weeks just kind of like checking out the contemporaneous coverage and what people are saying. And there's been a lot of fun stuff. Like, did you know that there's a statue to Zephram Cochran on Jordy's desk at his museum? No, I missed like that. a little miniature where he's like, it's just like in like he's got his hand outstretched. And, <laughs> of course, and I guess idol, LeVar right? Burton like... kind of came on the set and he was kind of like, you know, comes in, he's got his outfit, his uniform on. He come around, he's looking at us and he saw that Z- Cochran statue and he picked it up and like he hugged one of the production designers and said, you guys get it. Like, yeah, you know, totally. And that's cool because I honestly I you know I I I I didn't catch that but I really like that and I I've never had a problem with the brain trust by Picard like I do believe that they do love Star Trek they have a pretty good handle on its lore and whatnot it's just I think they love different things about it than I did mm-hmm. um and they're they're trying to like update it in a modern way that I don't like necessarily but it these people really if you've ever seen the old the next generation cast in like a big panel on a uh, star trek con or they clearly love each other and have a lot of fun there wasn't any of that kind of like big outsides personality and like in the the will Shat- the, the bill shatner stuff the right. kind of you know sandbag the first few years of the the old series like they just love working together and cutting up and joking and clowning on each other and that comes through that comes through mm-hmm. the season like oh yeah I, I really like the, the, the behind the scenes stories and interviews that I've, I've seen so yeah i i um this has been i mean clearly the best season of star the star trek picard we've ever gotten in oh terms without of play. a doubt <laughs> we're going into episode seven i'm still fully engaged with the plot you know and the most consistently good it, it's been you know not top to bottom amazing but yeah much better than the yeah. previous two seasons uh, I really am curious about this Jack Crusher thing. They've done a good job of teasing that out um, without making it feel tedious. I, th- I think they've they've come up against the, the edge of that a couple of times, but they've always managed to give me just enough new information to go, okay, let's see where they take this. And now we're it looks like we're about to just get the full dump, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, that's just that's gonna the- give it all to us that's what they've struggled with. Like, you know, like I'm, I have a little bit more faith this season that this red vines, red eyes, tele, you know, mind control powers that Jack's got is actually going to go someplace that's interesting and satisfying where, but at the same time, I cannot see what it could possibly be. That's the thing. It could, it it actually (laughs) might fall completely. This might be the opposite of previous where it's like, you know, they start strong, stay strong and then get all the way to the end and it just crashes, you know? Mm -hmm, Mm hmm. Um, there's a transporter accident and the two plot lines get mangled, you know, <laughs> like sure. in the Star Trek, the motion picture. Uh, there's that's a, that's a possibility. I'm just uh, thinking not... through all the mechanisms in Star Trek, like what could give him this ability? And I just I can't pinpoint one that I've seen that is close enough to this to make me identify. Yeah, that's what is probably going on here. And that's well, good. Like, 
section 31 and and then yeah, doing all these horrifying experiments and like there's something also satisfying about the federation's hubris and starfleet's um reliance on this kind of skullduggery uh black ops stuff that's like bit them in the ass uh so it's like yeah i, I can't either but like there's something kind of satisfying about this the starfleet's kind of done done this to themselves they're they're hitting themselves and now the changelings have got them by the short curlies yeah by the by the by the bulging nacelles <laughs> sure no I, I like that that twist that you know picard thought he had it all figured out knew what the the dominion war resolution was felt bad about that because it's a bad resolution but also thought that the federation did the right thing in the end when apparently they did not is this a uh, retcon or is this not a retcon this is just something that I don't remember um, that the Federation was not going to give them the cure and going to really genocide them. And then they're and the changeling stole it stole and it. they took credit for they it and credit, said we gave which it to is smart. Them. Maybe that's sure, a smart yeah. thing to do. Uh, yeah, I don't Odo know. I, about, I mean, like, how did they keep that covered up for so long? Well, you, you wouldn't think Odo would stand for that. Yeah, you wouldn't. But um, I don't know. Once, eh, once like again, that, that lake of goo. I mean, right. all bets are off, man. Yeah, it, 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 from that perspective, is is anything wrong? Is anything you know? Well, you it's like the... trying to get me out of bed in the morning. It's like <laughs> it, it, there there would have to be like the the reports of genocide would not do it. I would need to have mm. something more concrete, more your, relevant to my you individual being, your life. Your people being genocided that wouldn't get you out. Because that's what uh, we're talking no, about here. It would have to be no? like they're coming to genocide you. You need to get out of bed, and even then, I right. need a cup of coffee. So, so like if the Federation started <laughs> proton torpedo bombing the other side of the Dominion planet, you just chill. You just chill. It's, it's, ah, it's yeah. on the other side of the planet. When Don't I start feeling the ground the, shake, mm-hmm. when the proton torpedoes in. hit on this continent, let let me know. Until uh-huh, then, uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to be in here doing whatever the fuck I do in this pile of goo. Yep. <laughs> Anyway, uh, maybe we should get into the recap, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. Set phasers to add. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints... Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. 
Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Captain on the bridge, welcome back to the podcast maneuver. All right, we started off with the uh, Titan hiding in the Chicote crapyard. Oops, I mean... <laughs> The Chintaka Scrapyard. Uh, oh. Seven contacts Tuvok to see if he can help her old shipmate. Uh, she says they can meet at Aklian 7, and Tuvok agrees, which tips her off that he's a changeling because the Vulcan would never go there. Uh, fake Tuvok starts tracing them and then threatens Picard, and apparently they're on their own solving this crisis. I it, It's good to see, good to see Tuvok. Um, yeah it was I don't care for Voyager but it is still nice seeing these old characters come back in in what I think some people could rightly claim is the final old school style Star Trek yeah did I am I crazy or did I just see Tim Russ on uh, Poker Face I thought I saw him just in let me let me check on his IMDB oh. real quick yes okay. yes he was he was Max in the Orpheus Syndrome all right he was really good in a recent episode of a poker face. I just saw him that I thought again, I, I watched the first three seasons of Voyager. Cause again, I was a star uh-huh. Trek nerd and I wanted to give it a shot and I never quite gelled with the crew. Um, but yeah, I, I liked that. I know a lot of people do like it and it's cool to, that they're paying homage, like all the star Trek, uh, at this point. Um, I thought it played this close to parody, you know, like seven of nine being like, oh, Tuvok, uh, how many freckles do I have behind my left ear? Well, of course, uh, <laughs> you have three. <laughs> oh, OK. Well, good. I can trust you now. But uh, what was the last hand game we played on Rock the Gino? Well, of course, it would be the Ace of Ferengi. And oh, and then it's like okay. just like the music uh-huh. would change and it would like. And then the one point where, you know, he answered the, the I don't know, whatever house of cards, they played this triumphant Voyager theme. And it just kept on going back and forth until she finally. Yeah. I, no Vulcan would set their foot on Aikland 7 and you healed my mind. Yeah, it's, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, and the way they're like zooming in on her, like they're using whatever that method is where like it brings the actor closer in the background farther away or the same distance or whatever yeah yeah yeah. i forget yeah. the name of that method of of shooting the push the, the pull zoom or something where you're you're something like that yeah yeah you're pushing in on the camera but zooming out and it makes the foreground or background look like it's fleeing from you yeah they're doing that while this you know music is yeah. ramping up and i'm like this is a little over the top guys come on um yeah 
but yeah it 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 was good i i enjoyed yeah like you said seeing tuvok and i enjoyed the the game that they're playing here right they can't be sure who to trust they they've got double and triple levels of like subterfuge here and i i think it's smart and it's and it's pretty well done so no complaints yeah, I wonder like when they're torturing Tuvok, like what what how do they know like where to go down the personal details? Like tell me all like if someone came to me with like a torture device and was like, tell me all the details of your friendship with Jim. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, Jesus Christ, what what do you want to know? Do you have like 25 how far five years? Do, 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 how how long do you want me to talk about the fucking Axis and Allies games we used to uh-huh. play? Like, yeah. is that gonna be useful? You what, know? what does juiced um, mean, huh? In context. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, tell me the tale of the mighty, mighty Orphbot. I, <laughs> yeah, I, it's just, it's, it's funny. I really liked when you know Picard got sick of everything shit and they they dropped the subterfuge and he comes onto the bridge. He's like, "Tell me what Will Riker is." And Tuvok, <laughs> the Tuvok clone, turned into like this horrifying zombie Will Riker. Yeah, Super yeah. Sweet. That I was, like that. I wonder if that's what Riker really looks like at the moment, or if he's just trying to get Ooh. Picard's goat. He's, I, uh, yeah, maybe, um, because they've I wonder if, apparently done some nasty stuff to Riker. Uh, we don't ever get to see it in this episode, but yeah, I wonder, I wonder if, uh, what they're, what they're doing to him. I wonder how him and Deanna are doing. We haven't gotten an update on them since we last saw Riker get, we do know Riker's we able to seen pull them. one over on him though. So yeah. implies he's not completely compromised. Right. And Vedic says like, we weren't able to get any information out of them. They we underestimated right. their like not, resilience not the time or the, yeah, loyalty. like we can't break them in the time that we have left because they're just too right. loyal to Picard. Yep. Uh, uh, okay, so they're running out of time before Frontier Day. Beverly starts just immediately planning the regenocide of the Changelings, and Picard <laughs> condones her research into it. He's like, "Yeah, we got to do what it takes." Jordy uh, wonders if they're trying to make a copy of Picard, but they need more info. Yeah, it's funny because Picard, that's the thing. Picard's like, well, let's not cross any lines, but keep the research because I'd rather have the genocide and not need it than need the genocide and not have it. I'm like, sure. I don't know. I feel like uh, in my experience of Star Trek, when someone invents the genocide weapon, it just the 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 the, the, it will be used. Yeah. Like no one's going to invent the Genesis device and just be like, not use it. No one's going to invent the the Borg phase or whatever and not going to you like it's yeah you if you commit if you if you give yourself the ability to commit a war crime you're going to commit a war crime mm-hmm. and yeah it seems like there's going to be no no but I but I appreciate they had the moral debate I appreciate the Beverly took the time to be like this is not ethical to do and blah there's blah, blah. several decisions here that Picard and Beverly are like making together that raised my eyebrows I think would raise mm. a Vulcan's eyebrow uh for sure well, they got the kids involved, man. Yeah, it's true. Back to that trolley problem. You'll do you'll do anything to save them. Uh, I was surprised to see that they weren't leaving the vicinity after that exchange with Tuvok. Like, yeah, maybe they didn't get a full trace, but right. I maybe for safety's sake, just go to a different part of open space. Let me ask you this: they they, they name check this uh, Chintoka scrapyard, which is. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's a it's it's a oh okay never mind I because I was the when I was watching this I'm like oh, instead of using a made up um 
battle site. Why didn't they use like Wolf 359 or something? But no, this mm-hmm. is uh this was a famous battle in the Dominion War, I guess. Is this the first one they did where they got the 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 um, Oh. The Galaxy class starship blown up cuz I remember that really I blew just my watched hair that back. episode. Yeah, the That's Olympic incredible. Or was Cause you're yeah. like, oh man, the fucking Federation's got their war fleet together, and they're gonna wreck shop, and they the Dominion just handles them, and and the Jemadar yeah. ship suiciding in on them. Whoo! In a, in a matter Ooh. of minutes, they take out a Galaxy class cruiser. Yeah, that's yeah. Apparently, that's not this, because this that result is a defeat, and this uh, battle of Chintaka is a Federation victory. But yeah, it's a famous battle in the Dominion War. It took place. Uh, Deep Space Nine episode, The Changing Face of Evil, which was a season seven towards the, it's, it's towards the finale. And they say something so, about like Vulcan ships, maybe scraps of Vulcan ships giving off radiation in this. Yeah, zone, like a, potentially. Yeah, like so one, yeah. they must have been involved. Well, were they talking it. about Tuvok ship? I think the 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 oh. my my thing is that they actually got into a battle and disabled. But he's not on a Vulcan ship. Are they saying it's a Vulcan be? ship because he's the captain? Well, he's in Starfleet, right? Like yeah, but they that is, I think it's canonical that like mostly Federation crews things along racial lines or species lines. Wow, well, so you have an all Vulcan, uh-huh. which always I've never, never sat seen well somebody with me. in a Starfleet uniform piloting a Vulcan ship, have I? Piloting a Vulcan ship? No, you wouldn't. You'd Captain. see a Vulcan commanding it. But like, I like the the Enterprise is clearly a human ship. Ninety plus percent mm-hmm. of its crew mm-hmm. is human. But like, I, I think that's what they do because like every because like because the thing is like so Vulcans like their ships slightly warmer because their body temperatures are higher. Yeah. And it's just I, I don't think it's like a racist thing. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> sure. like they can't stand can't it. It's more of like yeah, it's more like instead of having those Mintars have their little vape modules that you know the dudes that look like catfish. Convenient uh, excuse. Convenient excuse. Yeah. Those Vulcans out there being like, yeah, you just can't handle the, the temperatures. You know, we're not comfortable in your air. What they right. really are saying is your fucking, log- your fucking illogical brains oh. are mucking with our vibe, man. Yeah, they they smell. Their food tastes funny. Their mm-hmm. alcohol's not strong. Yeah. Their ships don't give off enough radiation, apparently. But that's what, so you're saying, like, they, I don't think they left. I think they just jumped Chakotay, uh, Chakotay, not Chakotay, uh, Tuvok's ship and fucked it up. Huh. I didn't even think they met with him. That, like, Tuvok was trying to track him down and they didn't mm-hmm, mm-hmm. track him, right? Yeah. But I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of Vulcan ships out there in the, the ship, the, the scrapyard, too. Yeah, that's what I was figuring. So they're, anyway. they're trying to make it, we, we talked about this, they're trying to make a doppelganger of Picard. Now, what kind of blew me away is the fact that they need Jack as like the frog for uh-huh, the dinosaur the DNA Park. in Jurassic Park. But like they have what would you think? 65% of Jean-Luc Picard's corpse? Yeah. All the DNA you need is contained in the corpse. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's not fossilized. No. You know, the, maybe there's it, 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 hairs on it. Like you can get the DNA. Right. Right. I'm not even sure why they why don't they have his whole body because it's not like he died in combat. Like he <laughs> got his conscious transferred to a droid. of it. Yeah, they, and then like, soon just 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 autopsied and butchered him just cause you know sold his sold his legs and. Well, he kept trying to take DNA samples and none of them worked. Up to like 35 percent of his body, <laughs> he just they they had to scrap most of it for the DNA samples. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't think they would need any of Jack's DNA. 
Maybe he's taken so much ionizing radiation over his long career in space that his DNA is just, it's fucked up. Not, no single cell nucleus has an identical copy of DNA in Picard. So, so I think there's something in there that covers this. Um, they say later in the episode something about his Iramati, Iramati syndrome. Mm-hmm. The Jumanji syndrome. That was syndrome, called sure. Jumanji syndrome, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, not being actually Iramati. It was a misdiagnosis, and there's something inside of him I that they want that is not his DNA. Theory. I have a hot theory on that. Does it have to do with Nausicans? Because I'm with you. No. I'm with you. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> No. We've got two we, competing theories then. Let's, let's 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 have dueling theories when we get to that point in yeah, the episode. That sounds great. My theory is totally half baked. I can't wait to hear yours. Uh we've also find out the Rafi and Warp are out monitoring Starfleet security somewhere, so that's why they're not in this episode. Right. Uh, anyway, yeah, so they, they they need more info, so they go to see data and they wake him up. But Lore keeps butting into the conversation. Jordy speculates that Soong was trying to synthesize their personalities to create a perfect artificial human, but he ended up partitioning the brain out of fear that Lore would override Data and just take over. And Picard asks why the Changelings wanted his body, and here's where Data says there's something inside of it other than his DNA that they want. Um, Picard can't stand seeing Data like this and decides... Uh, we need to shut him down. Uh, actually, no, he he wants to erase Lore from Data's brain, and Jordy's like, uh, I don't think we can do that. Let's shut him down. Yeah. Um, I really like them adding the flickering eyelights to, like, you know, anytime Data in the old series would, like, access information, you know, he'd be, like, processing or whatever. Like, they've added this kind of, like, flickering lights, like he's looking at a view screen inside his own eye. Uh, I think nice. that's really cool. Mm-hmm. It, it's not they didn't happen but i i like yeah i i think that's really super cool and i already talked about in the 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 preamble but i really like how they do this um how brent spiner just goes like data will be answering picard and then lore comes in and's like uh like what are some of the things he said oh that pre explained why you look so old which is funny cuz lore is old too right so it's right like he's, he's talking shit body, about but... Yeah, a slightly mm-hmm. older positronic android. <laughs> Just hold the mirror up to him. Right. And really blows uh, mind. Yeah, so this is the scene where they talk about there's some anomalous form inside Picard and the Iramat the, the Jumanji syndrome diagnosis is in doubt that it might have never been um but and and what, what so you have a Nausicaan theory on this? Yeah, what if this is somehow related to his artificial heart? Like Starfleet put some experiment. I don't know why they would do this with basically an uh, incident at that point or whatever he was, but like, yeah, what if they put some kind of tech inside of him that the changelings need? Hmm. I think because he has to have regular, be. they have to have, he has to have that regularly serviced and recharged and whatnot. So he have to come in on a regular basis to get, I can see that. Maybe. Do you want to hear Maybe it was my, built in? Yeah, my yeah. crackpot It's got to be better than that. All right, hear me out. One of the changelings 20 years ago accepted a super secret, top secret mission. Oh, no. To infiltrate, penetrate, and disguise themselves as Jean-Luc Picard's left nut. <laughs> yep, yep. 
and Jack Crusher is the changeling hybrid. Offspring. Mm-hmm. They 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 shot changeling. They the the, the, cha- the changeling sperm murdered Picard's into and Beverly. I don't shot like changeling this. goo into Beverly and and Jack's a changeling baby. Yep, it's a cuckoo situation. Mm-hmm. A cuckoo situation. Yeah, you know the cuckoo lays their nest in another bird's egg, and then or another bird's nest, and then the cuckoo oh. hatches and pushes the other bird's eggs out, and then the the other birds are tricked into raising the cuckoo as their own. Smart. Beverly Smart. got cuckooed. <laughs> got cuckooed. Well, Picard <laughs> got cucked, and then, <laughs> and then Beverly got cuckooed. So it's just there's lots of cucks and kooks going all over the place. Oh boy! Got your cucks and your kooks, the kooks and the cucks. It's, it's I like uh, it's... I like my heart Nausicaan idea better. <laughs> oh really? No, <laughs> yeah. I'm a team. I'm team left nut uh, for sure. All right, I'll be team artificial heart. Okay, AKA right nut because we're both nuts <laughs> apparently. Who's the penis between us? I mean, there's only one other one other person working a bald move. I hate to break it. Mm. Uh. So, let me ask you this. I'm getting strong Westworld vibes from the cognitive function section of this, um, where Shorty's like, yeah, turn him on, cognitive functions only. Mm-hmm. He can still move. I don't like that he can still move. Cognitive functions, I don't even like that he can talk. That's yeah, not part of your have cognitive like, functions. They got that fiber optic shit plugged in the back of his head. They should just like, yeah, have have a readout on a screen or a disembodied voice. Or say like cognitive and speech functions only or something. Right, like right. It, yeah. the idea that he can move with only his cognitive functions going on. Disable that, gross motor functions or something like that. Right. Yeah. So he can't move his but arms he, or legs but can talk and emote. Yeah, but like that's the thing. It's like how would you keep a sophisticated super intelligence like that imprisoned in its own body when you actively mm-hmm. are making a connection? To, and I, yeah, I buy the lore no matter what is probably a match for Jordy even. Um, in ter- especially since this is a more sophisticated advanced positronic brain model and it's got the combined memories and experience of data, lore, Picard all the soons, B4 right? Mm-hmm. What, did, did somebody say that he has Picard in there too for some reason? Oh, Maybe I don't it's think not. it was Picard, no. But that's a lot of fucking that's a lot of experience and knowledge about mm-hmm. detailed Starfleet things and yeah I, 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 I bought it but you're right. It is kind of dumb that, uh, you know, it's like you're either freezing the motor functions or you're not. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about this um, aromatic syndrome stuff again. Are they playing with fire here? Is this a dangerous thing to do? Because part of Picard's canon for me is the that he has aromatic syndrome. And I know that's been mm-hmm. taken out of him uh, now that he's a some kind of freakish golem thing. Are are you going to be, if this isn't really good, if this isn't really fucking good, that it wasn't Eremotic Syndrome all along, are you going to be disappointed? Because they're fucking with mm. all good things, man. They're, they're, they're no, playing with some of the best of Star Trek right here, and I am worried. I am, I'm like deeply, I'm getting more worried as I'm thinking about it more, that they well, could potentially fuck that all up. So I always tell myself that ever since J.J. Abrams' time doubt you know thing like this everything that's happened after the star trek movies is an alternate universe and all good things is they can't take all good things away from us like if this sucks we can just be like well picard sucks and it's an alternate jj thing and and our world vulcan is not blown up and blah 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 and we're fine so like yeah i don't think they can retroactively like like as stupid as star wars gets it's not like empire strikes back is never going to be a banger right 
and i feel like sure, the same way sure. about like we got a fantastic finish to star trek the next generation and that they, they can't take that away from me yeah all right that's fair uh let's go on to vedic she was not able to get info from Riker or deanna and her changeling overlord tells her to find the boy before frontier day threatens to turn her into goo or something if she doesn't uh we have been questioning like what is vedic is she a changeling is she a human that's working for changelings she's a straight up changeling um this scene says it. she's like the new breed of changelings the the evolved mm -hmm. ones or whatever that beverly would call them uh mm -hmm. but she is absolutely 100 percent changeling glad yeah. they put that to rest yeah like it, it's it, i i agree i agree because it's becoming a i never thought that she wasn't but you know some Me people either. were getting that impression yeah yeah i think you said like the red letter media guys maybe were Hyping like that theory, arm. yeah, it was like she just had like this traveler, uh, this, which this, is kind this, of a neat idea, alum. but also yeah, it would be cool. Yeah, like yeah, a I literal handler. Even... Your, your handler is a hand. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> but I think it's also super cool that you can kind of communicate. Oh like, yeah. So are there two entities inside of her swimming around in the goo that is her, or is the hand I just think like it's a more separate of like thing? She severs the connection to herself, which allows the other thing to channel into it. Is how I interpret okay. it. But like, and I the mean, platform good, that it's sitting on is kind of a connection with. Oh, the, maybe the yeah. That let, that's like the hyperspace receiver that allows it to interface. Yeah, because she yeah. does pour it into like a Harry Potter style pin sieve. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like she talks to it, it outside of there. I barely know. I mean, it, it, the the changing's biology is completely mysterious. Like. Do they? Uh, I I I don't remember Deep Deep Space Nine super well, but I don't. I feel like they were super mysterious all the way to the end. You know, they finally understood them well enough to make a biological uh, phage to attack them. But mm -hmm. um, but that was obviously now, late on, right? Very. And late. Now we're talking about super advanced, developed, artificially engineered changelings. So like, yeah, if, mm -hmm. if you tell me they can do this, I think it's super cool. And there's no canon that says they can't. So for sure, this is. This is good place for Trek to do world building. All right, Jack invites Sydney back to his quarters sometime. Uh, we hear her thoughts, which are for him to like, take it easy, man. Take it slow. Just touch my hand first. And then she's surprised when he does exactly that. Uh, she asks why he did it, and he sees all these visions behind her. What yeah. the hell, man? I don't know. We're back. He can hear people's uh, thoughts. Yeah, we're 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 talking about uh I don't I we're we're back with this red vines situation. I don't know what's going on with it. I thought that he had Jumanji syndrome and this is like early onset Jumanji and uh Beverly had some new, you know, shit with the red, hit him with the blue. Um and he's going to be mm -hmm. kind of cured, but now it seems like there is something something happened in the uh the operation left nut that has imbued him with this power, this compulsion and all right. It's... New theory. Okay. Uh, Picard actually had sex with Deanna, which is where he gets his ability to hear people's thoughts. And then the fertilized egg was transplanted into Beverly <laughs> by an alien entity against her will yes uh-huh yeah why not why not yeah and, and it's it, happened before you know, and it's the changeling goose scenario it's it's all of the same except there was a there was a middle <laughs> middle woman deanna troy <laughs> 
It is weird because like that's that's the 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 fact that he's psychic is interesting, you know, mm-hmm. because uh, canonically we know that certain races are mildly psychic, you know, like the Betazoids are, I guess, heavily psychic, and you know mm-hmm. the, the Vulcans have kind of a weak telepathy if they can touch you and all that kind of thing. But like, yeah, how do you get you know how how do you get a human to have that ability? I don't know, man. And I'm why is it curious. now? Why is it now happening? Like it seems like it's intensifying his powers and abilities and all that. Or you know, because like mm-hmm. he's had a lot of these things his whole life, the plaguing of visions and whatnot. But like being able to enter someone's thoughts and even control them. Yeah, like I mean, this new. is like half as crazy as the shit he gets up to later in the episode. Yeah, with so I'm Sydney. wondering if like the presence of Vedic is causing this. You know, or the, like the, she's doing. She did something to accelerate his development. The last time they met, could be. Could it be a timed thing where like this is all a countdown a to this thing. Founders Day, it's, and as we get yeah. closer to that, it's affecting him more. Right, right. It's like I said. Um, there's a lot, but like I, I, I have no idea the full shape of the plot. Me either, and I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they do this thing where we hear the internal thoughts of characters very often in Star Trek? I'm trying to think. I I can remember like maybe a Data's Day might have had that stuff, um, like a narration. Yeah, yeah, where we're hearing Sydney's thoughts. No, I mean like the things I can think of are like when Deanna and Loxana are having conversations because like you know Loxana sure. likes having psychic conversations with Deanna and. Yeah, uh, yeah, sometimes you would get that with other like I, most almost I can uh, almost every single time I can think of it's in connection with Deanna because she's the only yeah. like real telepath slash empath we've ever had as a P- primary POV character. And Data is usually doing it through like a series of logs. I mean, it will have that right. happen, but never yeah, yeah, like... yeah. It's yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's not near. It's even it's always in the frame of this is the officer's log about right. his day or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. That was that was interesting. It's, it'd be super funny if Picard's been psyched though. That wasn't his captain's log. He's just be, he's just beaming his <laughs> thoughts directly into the audience's brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he and he just thinks in captain's logs. He wasn't actually he recording does. anything. His thoughts are he just does. organized. Stardate four one seven. Yeah. Yep. They're they're his, his thoughts are organized to official Starfleet reports at all times. <laughs> all right. Jack goes to the bridge where they get a compromise code, seemingly from Riker. I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. I'm not certain that's true. We'll see. Mm, uh, yeah. Jack takes Picard aside and tells him that he feels bad about Riker potentially dying for him. Also, he feels like something's wrong with him. He tries to explain that he can hear in his head, which is a terrible explanation. Yeah. Uh, Picard suggests, you know what? We might be able to go on the offensive here and get Vedic if we can get an advantage. So you, because I never doubted that Will probably had done something to do this compromise code, but you think that I don't know, man. They're, man, because that's yeah. Now that I'm thinking about that that speech that Vedic gives. It's it's like those one of those big villain speeches where it's like you have thought that this is going the one way. It's always been going this other way, and every time yeah. you thought you've won, it's because it's I intended it, and it's all my design. So like, yeah, it could be. I love that be. water has many paths toward you know the the ocean or whatever she says there. That's right. such a great analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just I'm I'm now seeing conspiracy everywhere. You know, plans sure. everywhere. I mean, you should because like open Starfleet's compromised. They've mm-hmm. it's been the plot all season, so it, anything could happen. Uh, so the, the Shrike comes in, finds the Titan drifting lifeless in space. There's a recording of the incident that led to it. Uh, 
Vedic has a boarding party sent over to the Titan where she finds Jack immediately. He runs away. Vedic's troops give chase and they run right into a trap. Vedic's caught in a force field. Uh, but so are Sydney and Jack. So it doesn't go off quite how they hoped. Yeah. The old trying to trap people in hallway, shield corridors, gambit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the plumber this episode, she says a bunch of she said this a couple times this season where she says things that sounds like some kind of quote from a Shakespearean novel. Like here she goes, tick tock calls the ancient clock. Mm. I can't source any of these things that she's saying. As far as I can tell, they're just wholly original utterances. Like I put quotes around it in a Google search and that's that's that's, that that sequence of words has never been uttered on the Internet. Hmm. So what are they when she's making these big pronouncements and quotes? Is this like ancient changeling wisdom or I yeah I, or just kind of a crazy person thinking yeah, too much of be. themselves and their their goals I this person's been through a lot you get in this right. episode yeah they've like I I feel a lot more sympathy towards uh her and her faction at this point yeah the same sympathy that I felt toward Odo frankly uh-huh. uh, when we get into yeah. his backstory in Deep Space Nine. Uh, I don't know, but it, it's more like cuckoo, cuckoo goes the ancient clock because she's off the map, man. <laughs> she's wild. Uh, Jordy tries to transport Jack and Sydney out, but the system's been taken over by Lore. Um, that Lord. Yep. Beverly and Picard interrogate Vedic, kind of. I don't know. She says some intriguing stuff about Jack never having been for Beverly. Don't know what that's about. She also Beverly. educates Picard and Beverly on the true history of Starfleet's role in the Changeling genocide. She tells them about the agonizing experiments that were done on her by the Federation during Project Proteus to turn them into spies or try to. And she claims that the Federation took her family and now she'll take Picard's. Yeah, this is a great sequence. Like, um, and it's something that I believe certain segments of Starfleet would do, like Section Thirty-One, uh, that they had these twenty changelings after Dominion War, prisoners of war, and that's what they're called, and which, which entitled them, even by twenty-first century Earth standards, to certain rights and responsibilities and fiduciary uh, relationship with the Federation and this and Starfleet. And they fucking violated all that they did. They did, uh, non-consensual medical research and genetic manipulation, torture, Mm -hmm. uh, just some, just some gross (laughs) shit. And it seems like they were just having fun. They had fucking tasers out. Like I, that's that's not scientific, right? That's just torture. It it definitely felt like, you know, more along the lines of like Nazi medical research than yeah. any kind of like legit thing that had a legitimate point that they were just being cruel for cruel sake. And mm-hmm. these are these shape shifting creatures that very hard to physically hurt for long. So they're able to just essentially just torment without end these things like just lock them in this private hell. I thought that stuff, that whole sequence was really and, you know, because she's been doing all this weird shit with her hands and the fact that she's explaining that this is like a, you know, we never heard the term of symphony, but like I learned about music through the squeaks and the squeals and the screams and the whistling. Yeah, that's and, fucked up. I love that. And then the, the final reveal that she took the face of her captor and torturer, you know, like mm-hmm. whatever the head Nazi doctor was, it's it's uh, section three thirty one. Um, yeah, I, I, that's that's it's pretty sick backstory. 
I thought and, it was really I've, well down, done. And, and it plays so well with the manifestation of her personality here, right? This person who is just kind of unhinged. They've been exposed to so much trauma and, and, and seeing the callous way that the person inflicting upon them was, was carrying themselves with like the whistling yeah. that, that mm-hmm. she has like integrated that so thoroughly into her personality. She has just this complete fuck it attitude, you know, uh-huh. nothing matters. This is it, 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 except for my revenge. That's it. It's the only thing that matters in the world. Well, and that's like, it goes back to like, you know, like, why do we have rules for these types of things? And I think it's because if you don't obey them, you end up with these crazy things happening where you torture a class of people until they just want to bend all of their their will and their determination and their intelligence towards destroying you. And then you have a caged monster that you can never let out of the cage um because if it does mm-hmm. it'll it'll overthrow you and that's like this this is starfleet reaping what it sows i mean, honestly a lot of the picard seasons have been mm-hmm. starfleet reaping what it sows in terms of its own hubris and its own hypocrisy when it comes to practicing its yeah. ideals um and like if you want to make an argument that's like hey we had to do the the biological weapon it was them or us and the dominion is belligerent and they're okay but all that shit that happened with Vedic here, that had no possible like they were doing that to make an ultimate weapon. They were torturing these mm-hmm. intelligent beings to have like a offensive first strike spy take technology. And it's just it's just gross and it's unbecoming to Starfleet. And I'm glad that this come up and is happening. It would be great if Picard, the end of the season, kind of put Starfleet back on the straight and narrow. Like sure. has them recommitted their ideals because look at what it's gotten them. Look at what enslaving yeah. positronic beings. Look at what torturing changelings. Look at what you know trying to commit genocide. Are you safer? Are you safer now than you were? And it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, and I love um, the way that Vedic makes this personal too, and points out the hypocrisies even within the high-minded people that we love for yeah. those ideals. Like she brings it down to Jack, right? Um, and and displays kind of the difference between the founders, the changelings, whatever, um, and humans in that they don't have this link. They can't feel each other's pain. And when she points out, like, do you think she would have kept the secret of Jack from you for 20 years if she could feel your pain? You know, of course not. Of course not. It would be too much to bear. Um, and And just like the idea that, like, there is that hypocrisy in people where they're kind of looking out for themselves above all because it's the only experience they have directly right right whereas you go to the link and you're like well you can feel everybody else's pain everybody else's joy and it influences your decision making in that way yeah I like all that what's stuff. It's what's so wild because like I and is where the Dominion's whole thing is that they were once enslaved, which is why they're trying to enslave everyone else. Because like it's it, it's it's now that you mention, it, it's kind of weird that a race like that where right. you would think they would evolve towards empathy and understanding and cooperation was so fucking belligerent and militaristic and totalitarian. But like I thought maybe part yeah. of their backstory was that they were 
you know, kind of like the Urquan from Star Control. Like a lot of what they are is a re- extreme reaction to being put into a shitty situation themselves. And like this has never fucking happened. This is like uh, we're experiencing trauma so much that this is never. We will do anything it takes to not be put in this situation again. It's possible that that's uh, their origin. I don't remember, but yeah, it, it is a little weird. The like. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it just makes their tribe slightly bigger, right? Their tribe is Could their be. entire people instead right. of a and, faction and of like, people. Are but they're still indivi- outsiders. And like, are these individuals, are they even real people? That'd be like saying, like, right. our skin cells are, you know, individuals. It's like the Borg work. Queen's view of a human, right? Where yeah, it's like they're yeah. less than. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Which is a dangerous opinion to hold about mm-hmm. any, <laughs> any being. Uh,. So Beverly, okay, things get hard to summarize here because we're cutting back and forth, like I mentioned at the beginning. I'm going to take it kind of one path at a time and explore that full path. Hopefully this works. Uh, Beverly wants to kill Vedic because she's a threat. Picard asks if they're really so far off their moral path, and Beverly says, yes, yes, definitely we are. Let's kill her. (laughs) Um, And John Luke's like gripping up his phaser and... Like, he looks like he's yeah. ready to do it. He's going to kill her. And, and we can kind of stop there. We're going to get to all the Geordi stuff here in a second. But, like, I'm I'm kind of surprised at Picard's reactions throughout this episode. He comes down on a side that is a little more violent than I would expect from him. It doesn't feel like the Picard way, which is when it, a threat is neutralized, you don't view it so much as a threat anymore. You take it seriously, and you make sure it's contained at all times. Like, Moriarty, right? Like, Mm -hmm. take it back to Moriarty. That's someone that Picard refused to kill. And it's a hologram. And so he put it into a self-contained universe. I I find it hard to imagine that Picard would even consider here killing Vedic when they have her in a level three containment field or whatever. See, I... So you're echoing a lot of the problems I had in earlier seasons where it's like, I don't think that Picard would risk the entire crew of a Starfleet ship to save his son from a situation. It seems like maybe he and and like that really bothered me. But I'm like, okay, well, I guess Picard is rolling this way because he's just those father feelings are really strong and he is willing to sacrifice everything. So like him sacrificing his high minded ideals and you know, like the way Vedic this speech makes her seem like she's irredeemable. Like there's nothing like, like it, she is the monster that if you let go, she's going to gore and tear and rip and there's nothing you can do other than you can't keep her in a prison because she's a shapeshifter. You can't, you can't humanely keep her like you just, she gotta be destroyed. Um, yeah, this is it, that early stuff feels very much like the first contact Picard, right? Where he is pushed to his yeah. absolute breaking point and he's right. ready to to abandon everything he believes in in order but he to does get that revenge. Or, like, Chris, remember when they got Hugh uh-huh. and they were thinking about uh, he wanted to do research on him to, to come up with the biological cure, the uh, plague that will kill the Borg? And Beverly kind of like talked him off of that ledge and he recognized the individuality of Hugh and how, but like, you know, that was just his Borg mm-hmm. trauma speaking, right? Totally. So like, yeah. Every once in a while, he can get emotionally compromised and do stupid yeah, shit. Yeah, same with first contact. It's all, it's all that Borg. When, when something is this personal to him, he does yeah. kind of lose his way. And I, I think that's fine. Here, he looks like he was ready to lose it all the way. And if Vedic hadn't had the ace up her sleeve uh, or or it wasn't even the ace up her sleeve it was just like dumb luck kind of that got her here yeah 
if if Vedic had been still contained when they got to her, Picard would have killed her, I think. I that's think that's right. where it was headed, right? Sure. I didn't hear anybody talking him off that ledge, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, you know, circumstance can sometimes be <laughs> coincidence would be the thing that talks you off the ledge. Shields up. Here comes the ads. At ease, Ensigns. Welcome back to the podcast maneuver. Anyway, um, let's go over to Jordy. He can't get the systems working, and Jack and Sydney are being threatened. And he pleads with Data to help them. But Lore takes over Data's body, and the entire ship actually drops the force fields, allowing Vedic to escape into the ship's innards uh, as a shapeshifter. Jack puppets Sydney's body like he's playing a VR game and kicks her attacker's ass. Uh, Sydney is appropriately weirded out by that. Jordy pleads some more with Data. And gets him to reemerge and turn the systems back over to them. And we'll kind of stop there for a second. Yeah, you mentioned the Geordi data being, uh, scenes being incredible. What, yeah. Uh, you want to talk more about that now that we're here? I mean, I don't often get to see this gear from Geordi LaForge. Right. Where he's, he gets this emotional. I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen it. Uh, and it was, Impressive. I think LeVar did a great job and playing against Brent Spiner, who is clearly like playing up that conflict within himself. Yeah. It was so subtly though. It's not, it's like, it's just under the surface. It's perfect. Yeah. No, I've always like, I've talked about this on podcasts before. I'm kind of, I don't know why I always have a fascination for stories about like robots having relationships with people. And I was always, of course, fascinated by Data and Jordy's like friendship because clearly mm-hmm. it's a great friendship because clearly sometimes Data does things that hurt Jordy because Data just doesn't get it. And, you know, mm-hmm. he can be oblivious and he's a challenge. But like also Data has got a lot of great qualities to him. And I thought their friendship was really beautiful. Um, yeah. And we've he's never really got to that see here. like that. That's like it's funny because um, I think I saw this mentioned otherwise that like. Star Trek has tried to retcon it into like uh, Picard and Data are best friends. Like mm-hmm. best, best mm-hmm. friends. But that's always been bullshit to me. It's always been Jordy and Data are the best buds. Uh, period. Right, right. They're friends. So like, I think Picard has respect for him as like a life form. I think at this point they're like, they'd be friends, friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like they're, yeah, but but like there's definitely, you know, Jordy's got that prime position and we've never really seen him mm. process uh the loss of data. Like we've gotten tons of time, you know, like all a lot of season 1 was Picard processing that. The denouement of uh uh the really shitty one, Nemesis. Yeah, oh. it was, was involved that. But we haven't really seen and it, it wasn't very long. I I kind of wish we could have more of like Jordy doing this, but it's a it's a crisis situation and he did a great job and also like as much as I love the banana clip it was such a handicap to poor Le- uh, Burton <laughs> yeah trying to emote and like being able to see his eyes and uh the pain uh and him pleading and then like lore coming back and like mocking him with it, it it's a great scene yeah uh, it's amazing I just I was yelling at the screen stop interrupting the scene LeVar and Spiner are doing their thing just let them do it 
you know? Yeah, it's really cut fren- fren- uh, frenetically. Um, but it, frantically. I mean, it, it works if you can get out of that mode of just like, I want to see these two actors yeah. work off of each other for more than 12 seconds at a time. Uh, it, it works thematically. I think it's all very good. Could Crusher and Picard killed Vedic if they wanted to? Like, it seems like they both, like, riddled her with holes, yeah. presumably kill shots, and, like, Jack is able to kill... The, does she have extra special changeling protection? I I don't know, man. I I think they're playing fast and loose with those rules. Uh, it's the rule of what do we need to happen here to make it exciting. Fuck it, let's go with it. Um because yeah Vedic just goes to goo mode and or maybe it's like when they're in goo mode they're a lot harder to kill because I noticed that all the ones Jack kills they're in their solid form yeah I think one one goo gets vaporized totally right does it we said it had some goo vaporization I think so so maybe she just got a little bit extra since she's the leader <laughs> yeah I don't know it's fine whatever Um, the thing that we really need to talk about it. This she, VR. She makes sure her thing. hand takes all the hits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her communicator. Her fucking is dead. boss. Yeah. It's always riding his ass or her ass, like making sure he taking <laughs> taking all the shots. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. So, so what do you make of Jack? Uh, Pacific rimming. <laughs> I shouldn't say it like that. Pacific rimming. No, he's racacooning her. He's racacooning, Pacific Remote rimming. Ratatouing. Yeah, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what to make of it. It seems like it's deeply disturbing. Like it's not. As um, it should be. Right, but like the, the, the Sydney still has, it's not like he, because we've seen people be possessed by other people before. And it's like, you know, uh, you wake up like, oh my God, what have, what's happened to me? And you don't, but like, seems like Sydney's clearly. Crash is aware of what's going on at all times. She is, yeah. Um, and but I don't know. That's a cool scene. They do like this mirror match, and you know, Jack two v ones, v one this guy, and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what to make of this uh, weird Jumanji spinoff he's got. I, I don't think people can see his eyes glowing when they glow. Every time somebody looks at him and he's like seeing visions, they don't remark like, hey, your eyes are fucking red. Dude. Right. They say, why are you Get looking at me drops. that way? But they're not like, why are your eyes red? Like, uh-huh. you know, you're possessed <laughs> by an evil demon. Right. In a James Wan film. So I don't know. I I mean, clearly it's not it's not all in his head. Right. Um, it wasn't a coincidence that he touched her hand. He can actually like take control of people i cannot imagine where they're going with this but i'm yeah. kind of excited to see it i don't know left nut theory i'm, I'm pulling, <laughs> right. pulling for it uh and then we get to the final like sequence here where beverly looks up project proteus comes up with a way to track fedic uh through some some uh is it she isolated some isotope compound that's in there? That, yeah, that there's a compound used in their experimentation and research that she theorizes all of the hybrid changelings should have, which makes them right sus- uniquely susceptible to a scan. Are they trying to claim that there are only like nine of them or ten of them? Because doesn't Vedic say like it was me and nine of my, was it nineteen of my other uh, colleagues? I think I actually wrote up down the, the exact quote. Let me see if I can find this. How do you take over all of Starfleet with You're 10 right. People? She said nine nine of my brothers and sisters were kept on shelves and pro so yeah, there's I, So I Tuvok think... is one, she's one, 
All the bridge uh, they've crew. killed. Well, maybe they haven't killed the evolved ones, right? I guess see, maybe I Tuvok isn't the, evolved. He's I just see, a changeling. Any, anytime I see a changeling changing with the meat effects, I think uh, it's got to be one of them. And I can't remember if Tuvok did or not. I don't remember either. Because yeah, like so I think I think they have some some of the changelings have like support. You know, like they're like they they're supported by some regular changelings, some unevolved, unmodified changelings. But yeah, they only have nine, and there's been a few die. But I don't know. I also okay. I also have a hot theory about why her crew is wearing these elaborate masks. I think that every okay. one of her crew of the Shrike is the bridge crew of the Enterprise. The big one is going to be Worf, or perhaps Riker. Every one of her crew that's 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 you know like, covered up because like they're all changelings why would they be wearing head-to-toe clothes with masks it's got to be pre- to preserve a surprise for us the audience huh so i like, guess i was operating under the idea that they're not changelings they're just working with the changelings there's some other alien species I, I i don't know the way you talk to she talks to them is like they are her brother i bet you that's that's a solid theory too if they're not changelings um but I'm I'm guessing oh, that they're all when, when the adva- they're all face. these perfect clones of people. When the demon face talks to you know the changeling hand her, demon her handler thing her hand yeah handler. her handler talks to her they're speaking in another language right they're speaking in the changeling I imagine language I can't remember if there are subtitles a subtitle in that I can't either yeah crap you'd think I would know that by now <laughs> but yeah. If that's the case, then I suppose they could be because there are definitely subtitles on all these highly masked up, covered yeah. uh, crew yeah. members. That's my official prediction. I think all these people are covered up head to toe or some, and I think it's going to be the, and it's going to be, there's something about the Picard's crew that's going to be recognized on Frontier Day. And right. they're going to do, I don't know, but again, then what? Then what? Like yeah, Picard's a retired admiral, and he just waltz around and like you know destroy the Federation. Right. I mean, Captain Shaw, like the captain of a second-rate Starfleet vessel, wouldn't even give him a free ride to anywhere. Mm -hmm. So like, I I don't know. I still think Admiral Janeway is gonna listen to him. Get out of here. Janeway's been through too much shit to listen to some old fogey. Mm Hmm. Uh, she's probably super old by now. Anyway. Um. Let's let's get to the end of this. Vedic makes it to the bridge and takes control of the ship. She announces to everyone on board that it was always going to end this way and that it's time for Jack to learn who he truly is. I like the line of what is formidable against the formless. I don't know that the yeah. etymology tracks out, but that's a that's a sick ass line. I wrote I really that one down, that. too. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I, the thing that's hilarious to me is like the clock is ticking here. She makes a point of saying like how much yeah. it, it's ticking. And then she's giving mm-hmm. all these sanctimonious speeches, wasting time before Founders Day. But it's like she's really or Frontier Day. Yeah. Like the fact that like, this goes back to like what the first episode where she's like, you guys should surrender like this. is Nothing is going to change. You're just going to get more pain and more suffering. And like here on episode seven, when you think that they've kind of handled and gotten away and then her back and be like, Oh, this is part of our grand plan. There's many ways to, for the water to get the, 
It's it. it I don't know. I, I do like a villain gloat every once in a while because she's got them. Totally. Like there's she's like taking over their ship. She's their captain. She's a dra- It's yeah. It's a. It's at this point. This is the Empire's the end of Empire Strikes Back of this season. Like it looks like Picard's. They're just fucked. Um. She's got. She's going to reveal the grand plan of Jack. This 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 whole thing. Mm-hmm. So so here's the thing I love about this is she's giving this sanctimonious speech and um she's talking about how it's inevitable and you guys should just have given up in the first place and saved yourself some pain. The problem here and what really reveals the, the flaw in that thinking is Riker and Deanna because when she goes to talk to her handler, she is profoundly disappointed in her failure. She's failed in her eyes to get Riker and Deanna to talk. And it's that unity that they don't think that humans have. It's that loyalty to each other. The thing they think humans are incapable of because they're not part of one. They they can't link. They can't do this, this joining of minds thing that is going to surprise them. Right. Sure. That's, that's what I love about this ending is she thinks she has figured out humanity. She absolutely knows nothing about it. Right. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode, man. Um, get what three? I think left? Is, is is this? Is, am I got deja vu, or is this like the second time you've made that observation? Because I I, I remember thinking being yeah, impressed be. by the fact that she is like the you know because um, they've hinted about like how she came from the Federation and we wondered what that meant and now we know that she's literally a mm-hmm. creation bent into this shape by the Federation and that she's got this like because of that she thinks she knows everything about humanity well maybe fair enough but you know everything about humanity as section 31 sees it right which is like saying like if you got into some black cell of the cia like you understand everything about humanity no you understand a particularly dark part of us but Mm -hmm. you don't you you can't see the other parts and i i kind of like that the fact that her own hubris and revenge makes her essentialize the human race to our worst aspects just like we are tempted to do that with the dominion you know totally if like if it weren't for dominion like would we feel sympathy for them at all if it weren't for odo that we didn't get to know like hey there is there is an example of someone who's not a complete shit uh i don't know i think uh, that's again this is all good star trek this is these absolutely these lines of argument and plot are exactly what i want out of star trek and i'm i'm glad we're getting it me too all right, that's going to do it for another week here with us at Picard. Uh, I keep on trying to find a place to get feedback into it because we're getting a lot of feedback, but we keep on uh, being really overscheduled because I don't know if you've noticed, we've been doing like four shows a week. Uh, we just had The Last of Us roll off, but we got Yellow Jackets coming on. I am getting it all. I'm reading it all. Uh, I-, I hope to get a time to do a special Picard episode uh, feedback thing. But in the meantime, if you can like to continue uh, to send us hailing frequencies, Picard at baldmove.com is how you do it. Um, and yeah, we'll see you back next week for episode eight. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. <laughs>